Today we have Macbeth and Lady Macbeth from the Utah Shakespeare Festival Education Department's touring production of Macbeth, Drew Shirley and Natasha Harris. They both have performed in the past few years here at the Utah Shakespeare Festival. Drew played Antiphilus of Ephesus in the Comedy of Errors, Antonio in Twelfth Night, and James Larrabee in Sherlock Holmes' The Final Adventure, this last 2014 summer and fall seasons here at the festival. He has also been in Richard II, Peter and the Starcatcher, King John, and Cyrano de Bergerac. In addition to performing in many other theaters, he has also acted in film and television, including The Social Network, Absentia, and Waiting for the Coroner. Natasha played Juliet in Measure for Measure, Florinda, and Into the Woods, and was in the ensemble in Henry IV Part One this last 2014 summer season here at the Utah Shakespeare Festival. She was also in Anything Goes and The Green Show in 2013. Her acting credits also include performances at PCPA Theater Fest, Performance Riverside, Musical Theater West, and the Morgan Wixon Theater. The Macbeth Touring production just started its tour of schools, community centers, and community theaters in Nevada, Arizona, Colorado, Idaho, as well as Utah. You can find more information about this tour on the Utah Shakespeare Festival website, www.bard.org, under the Education tab, including a schedule of performances near you. Thank you both for joining us up on the podcast. You're just about to head out on the road for the Shakespeare in the Schools tour. Yes. And we'll, we'll get back to that uh, in a little bit here. But we'd like to, um, anytime we talk to performers, uh, we'd like to maybe get a handle on uh, where, they, where they've come from. When, when, when did each of you know that you wanted your life, you know, your work to center around uh, theater, performing arts? Uh, could each of you maybe, maybe tell a story uh, of that moment, that sort of entry point where, where you knew, uh, you know, I have to do this. Yeah, well, I'll start. Uh, when I started doing theater, it wasn't until middle school for me, and it wasn't because I wanted to do it. It was because my <laughs> sister was doing it, and I wanted to do everything that my sister did. So I, it was, ah, I was a copycat. A it wasn't really sort of for pa the passion. It yeah. was, yeah, it was sibling rivalry. rivalry. Um, but you were better at it than she was. Well, I did keep going. I, <laughs> someone just kept telling me to do it, and so I did it. Yeah. Um, no, I and I fell in love. So cool. Yeah. And you got your you did your undergrad in theater performance. I right? did. I went to UC Irvine for yeah. undergrad. I didn't do. I haven't done grad yet. Um, but I studied drama. Right on. Right on. Drew, how about you? What's your entry point? I was thinking about that. I was like, I don't know that there was one clear moment. Um, I really like telling stories. I think I'm obsessed with that. And like playing yeah. Dungeons and Dragons with my friends. Or even before that, like playing guns in the backyard with everybody. Yeah, yeah, and I yeah. was the guy who was like really into the rules. Like, yeah. I was like, if you are shot, you're down for 20 seconds, not yeah. 17. Like you have to be This 20. isn't arbitrary. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I was the guy with like, I had the big Tupperware thing of the plastic guns and would divvy out, oh, you wow. know. So like, I, I, but it was more about, it wasn't so much about shooting each other in the backyard as it was about like this war that we were we're going to create yeah. like, all around the neighborhood. This was, I a think about, this yeah, was a production. Yeah, it was it was a production exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny when I think about it now because it's like that would be insane right now, uh -huh. like 2014, 15. But that's like a that was a crazy thought. But yeah, 
But yeah, it was always that. And then like with my action figures, I would like write out rules to, I would like make my own version of a war game or some kind of uh-huh. game. And so my friends would come over and I'd be like, okay, so here's how all this is. So I think I just was always obsessed with stories. And then high school happened and I really got into like being on stage. Uh-huh. And then college happened, and I, I still remember going to college with my mom, and she, we're you know looking at these different schools. And my mom's like, "He's really into forensics. What is your forensics team good?" <laughs> and you know, for the listeners or whatever, it's like improv and like scenes, but it was kind of like a judge thing that happened in high school, which does not exist yeah. in college, nor yeah. maybe should it, because the whole idea of judging art and giving a first place is kind of yeah, the whole chorus line approach. Yeah, yeah it's kind sure. of insane, yeah. um, but. I'll always remember that, and then just sort of doing it for a while. It was for a while. It was just like the thing I was doing, Um, and then somewhere in grad school, or it may have been when I came here, my Uh second year of grad school. That may have been it, where I was like, "Oh, this is not just the thing I've been doing. This is who I am. Like this is just life has led me here, but it's also everything that I am, kind of thing." Yeah. But it's all about that like weird storytelling obsession. No, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Do you think? do you want to stick with acting, both of you, Natasha? Do you are you, do you see yourself as, or do you kind of want to be one of those uh, performers that evolves into? I love all aspects. Arts. Of... Yeah, I like to write. I draw. I paint. I play music. Uh-huh. I love acting. So if I can keep doing it, if someone will give me a job, yes, please. And yes, if not, please. then I have lots of other avenues I can pursue and still scratch that creative itch yeah yeah and you're you're a lifer right drew yeah i was always like i was gonna be an actor till i'm 40 40 was the kickoff and then it's (laughs) director because that's the time when you become a director yeah right in my head that was like Uh um and it still may occur that way you're you're still you still kind of got those rules and demarcations yeah 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 i mean i'm I'm obsessed i'm obsessed with directing i love directing but i Uh also really love acting but I also really love writing, like, so I don't. I don't know. You know, it's kind of just like this, where it's kind of been. I've come back. I've been here the summer and fall the last two years, so yeah. I've kind of been like a Shakespearean actor for uh-huh. like the last two years. But the two years before that, I was a guy who made horror films. Yeah, and that's like all I did for yeah. two to three years was made really bad horror films. <laughs> and, um, you know, so it's 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 been a cool journey of like, yeah. what am I kind of thing. Yeah, totally. Can you can you talk specifically about the challenges of uh, doing a play that is packed into the back of a truck and goes you know all over the place? I mean, what have, have either of you done the touring thing before? I've done it once before yeah. um, with an organization called PCPA Theater Fest oh, yeah, in we California. Have PCPA. Yeah, and. Um, that one, I haven't done the live out of the suitcase and go to different states. That stays really close to the city. Yeah. So I did have a home base to go back to. So this, the actual, let's pack up this one bag and go, uh, uh-huh. is a new experience for me. However, performing for kids, I did get about nine months of experience with PCPA. Because yeah. it's from start to finish. Well, uh-huh. we put the show up and then we we put two shows up. And it's it's always going to be different. <laughs> every yeah. school, every child, every uh, every venue will be different, and which is great. You know, we do have to pack it up, and we will have different size theaters and not theaters that we're performing in. Uh-huh. And hallways, yeah, yeah. And we're just going to have to always be on our toes. Like yeah. today, uh, someone moved one of our moving uh, tree platforms, and. I, 
don't know where it's going to land and we have to put a new table near it and you have to walk around it and you just always yeah. have to be aware where am I and what, uh -huh. how much space I have. So just always be awake. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's just a handful of you on this tour. I mean, there's the actors, a couple technical people and right. your company manager. So right. you are, I mean, once you're out on the road, you're the stagehands, you're uh, the, the stage managers, you're handling all the props. The costume assistants. All the co the, yeah, all the yeah, costumes. The, the scene designers. Everything, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah, the moppers. Yeah, the, <laughs> yeah <laughs> basically. Yeah. Yeah. Is there, have you done that sort of thing before? Drew? Yeah, I was just thinking I should say like the Shakespeare by the Sea group was great to me and I worked with uh -huh. them in California for, I think I did two seasons. With yeah. Them. Um, and that was amazing and that's one of those where you load everything in a truck at the end of the night and move to uh -huh. another you would do it in outdoor parks, but that's the yeah, kind of thing yeah. where it's free Shakespeare. So you, totally. we had times where we two, three thousand people. Like we would set up the stage in the right field, and all of the outfield was filled with an audience, which uh -huh. was amazing. Yeah, um, that sounds amazing. That free Shakespeare thing can really, it's it's awesome. And then I've worked with Kingsman Shakespeare Company, also in California. Yeah, and they're more like what we are, except we could go home and sleep in our beds at night. But, gotcha. But travel around, travel kind of around the do region. Do workshops with kids. Yeah. And then do uh, we did Midsummer Night's Dream? Them, uh, I did that twice with them, and our big test with that show is if we could get a puddle on the floor. Yeah. We get one kid to pee. <laughs> That's how we knew. The show That's was a success. success. Yeah, yeah. So I'm trying to think of what our Macbeth there you are. Well, there you are with the, be. the measurable boundaries. Yeah, well, that's what again. Macbeth yeah. needs. That so that we know. That's true. One kid screams and leaves. Uh -huh. Maybe that can be our goal. Yeah, I had the, I had the pleasure of of going to their performance last night. Yeah. And Michael Barr uh, termed it as cacophonous, and it's true. It is yeah. loud. There is banging. There is eerie sounds. There is eerie lighting. It is really strongly mood oriented. Yeah. Uh, from the moment that play starts, you get the idea that Macbeth, here's a guy coming home and he's kind of brought the war with him. Right. You know, inside of himself and, and everything kind of reinforces that. Yeah. Well, I like the, I like the, I never thought about it like that. That cacophony is always present. That kind of, I looked at it as like the fate is always present yeah. in this play that there's this weird other, other watching everything mm -hmm. and either shifting things or just placing things in the path of Macbeth and the people yeah. around him. But there is this other thing that he's uh -huh. even talking to for a lot of the play. It's true. This loud, violent thing that's moving us all, the storm and Lear or whatever. It's yeah. the, the thing we can't control that's kind of laughing. and Exactly. Yeah, pulling the strings. Yeah. yeah. I don't know why I just did a physical gesture on the podcast. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I, I, no, you were, I got yeah. you back here. Yeah, I got you. This. Yeah, the, no. we're good. We're good. People are feeling it. They're feeling, they're feeling the spirit. It's coming through the mics. Yeah. It's uh, so a question about each of your characters. Uh, well, you both play. Well, you pretty much are just Macbeth. Right? right. That's all I am. But everyone else is playing two, three, four, five roles. Yeah. Um, could could you talk, Natasha, about Lady Macbeth? Um, what do you think? Do you think it's her persuasion that it is the teetotaler for it, in making this conspiracy happen? Do you think she's just a piece of that? you know, big puzzle uh, that kind of Drew talked about, that force that, yeah. that influences our actions that we can't explain? Are you? I am against the idea that Lady Macbeth is purely manipulative yeah. and wants something and doesn't care about her husband and wants it so bad that yeah. she's willing to put her husband in these really um, uncomfortable jarring positions and um, situations. I mm -hmm. think it's more 
I like persuasive, but I also believe that we've talked, perhaps the Lady M and Macbeth have talked about this before. We've dreamt about having uh-huh. something higher than what we are. And this is the opportunity, and it's raising each other up. We might be making some terrible decisions along yeah. the way, perhaps, but that it's really trying to raise each other yeah. up. There is kind of a sense in some of your conversations where you knew, I mean, if Macbeth comes home safely from these campaigns, that there could be bigger things in store. Yeah, you, you do get the sense that this isn't off the cuff. Like, whoa, yeah. here's an opportunity. This right. is something that right. has been brewing. Right? I think there's that really cool line she says, are you so afraid to be as act and desire or something close to that? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm listening closely when you say <laughs> Are you afraid? I'm to having be my acting time while that line occurs. Are you afraid to be the same in thine own act and valor as thou art in desire? Right, and I think that's a huge... I think that's a huge window into them. I think. Yeah. I think there's, she knows him. Yeah. And I think she's, she's like the truth teller in a lot of it to him. I think that he's the one standing out there going like, I don't want this. I don't want to do this. This is crazy. But he does want it. He really, really wants it. He doesn't want to do the bad thing. and He doesn't want the repercussion, but he's kind of willing if he could have what he really wants. And I think to me, it seems like a really driven woman who's always clear with what she wants and how to get it. Mm -hmm. And a guy with huge aspirations and a guy with a huge imagination and all the tools, a natural leader, a warrior, a guy that makes sense Mm -hmm. as a king, both in his head and in others. And there's some, before the conspiracy, there's some affirmation that, wow, you know, maybe you would be a better leader, right? Right. Yeah, I I think so. I mean, I think it's the, the whole start of it's very interesting as far as laying out between the relationship of McBee and Banquo and uh-huh. their relationship with Duncan and yeah. and these. Uh, it, it, it's really interesting how Macbeth fits into the life of this country, mm-hmm. and that maybe I don't. The way I had always been looking at it is that he he may not be the king, but he's leading. Yeah, he's definitely leading in this war that the king wants. Yeah, he's and the he first, wins it. They were the losing first person and he out wins the door. It. It's yeah, clear. yeah, yeah. And then they were losing again, and he jumps in and he mm-hmm. saves it. Yep. Um, and so, if we were all caveman, naturally he would be king. Yeah. But instead, there's this lineage thing. There's happening. other forces at play. Yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, I always looked at it as that she's the the truth teller and just more driven. That's uh-huh. I mean, we haven't talked about that aspect of it, but but yeah, that she's just calling him on his crap. Yeah. That that comes through after the first meeting with the uh, the weird sisters, the witches. Yeah, you see Macbeth trying to convince himself that he doesn't want this. That's exactly what he's doing. Right. Right. But it's right. it's also clear that the witches know that the desire is there. Right. And right? all they have to do is put the seed there. Uh huh. Yeah. Is there? You probably are both familiar with the text of Macbeth or performed it before this experience. I would imagine. Um, is there any specific challenges with with the abridgment uh, for this educational tour that you got to? Cut the play down a little bit to about 90 minutes, right? Yeah. Uh, to get it to fit inside of sort of that assembly time period schools have for kids. Yeah. Was there any challenges uh, with the way you read Macbeth? Or you, or, or you interpret these characters with, with some of the cuts that had to be made to take the show on the road? Or? You know, I think Michael Barr and Quinn Mattfeld <laughs> did an extraordinary job of cutting down the script. Yeah. Um, but they also gave us the liberty of bringing text back in if we felt that our character, it would help not only us as actors yeah. to tell the story, but the audience to understand as well. Mm-hmm. So I actually don't think I struggled at all with the abridgment at all. 
Yeah, right I on. think, uh, yeah, the, I asked for like three or four things to get put back in. We put uh -huh. in. Uh, I don't think it's missing too much. There's one scene I really wish was there, but that's, it's not even, it's just a cool scene. It's not yeah. even as much, it's, <laughs> it's not, it's, it's not, not really part of the Yeah, linear. you just get to watch McBee be really cool for a minute. Yeah. You know, but <laughs> I don't know why I want it, but yeah, I think, you know, Quinn is a very simple person, but he got lucky and he was able to get a good cut. Um, probably because Michael Barr started the cut first, but uh, no, Quinn, uh, Quinn did a fantastic job cutting it. Um, he yeah. really did, and it's we talked uh, we talked how it's kind of this freight train of awful this play, and yeah, and uh, it needs to move rapidly. It does need to and, move rapidly. Uh, I think I think the cut actually aids the. I had one person come came and saw it, and they were like, "I don't get why it just isn't like that." Why mm -hmm. they don't just do no intermission and do it an hour 20. Run like, right through, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there isn't – there. a lot of times we get to the professional productions and we get to Macduff and Malcolm having that really amazing acting scene. Yeah. But we're like three-quarters of the way through the play and now we're just talking. And it's like, <laughs> couldn't we just murder someone? Yeah. You know, we have to wait. Um, yeah, the full version has this a lot more conspiring and what if. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. which is excellent and which is great. And I'm a big proponent also of like, nothing should be caught. It's all it's all there for a reason. The man yeah. is a genius. Yeah. But at the same time, there's something to be said for this kind of rapid fire in uh, your face. It's, it's just happening to you kind of production. It's true, yeah. Well, it makes it, it makes the audience lean forward. You have to either get on this train or get off right at the very top because right. we're, we're not going to stop, which I like. I like right. that drive in. It keeps it gives us a good it gives us motivation to just punch right through it. <laughs> yeah, and there is kind of a frenzied sense. I mean, with such a small Absolutely. cast playing so many roles. I mean, there's always someone going behind the curtain yes. and changing their costume. We call and coming back out. It, it, it's it's even as an audience member, it's kind of chaotic to to yeah. process it. You should see you know, it. I, I kind of struggle. Okay, this this can't be. This isn't Banquo because he's dead. Yeah. So this is okay, doctor. Right. Yeah, know, he's got the jacket still, on. Exactly. He's got yeah, the jacket yeah, yeah. on. That's a doctor. Yeah. He's got a jacket but, and a lisp, and now he's a doctor. That yeah. seems so hard to it, turn yeah. turn it on and off what like do, that. What do um uh they call themselves? We have our two guys that love football. They call Boom Brothers or the Bang Brothers. The no, not that. The, oh, they're the Legion of Boom. The Legion of That's the Seattle uh, Seahawks thing. Uh, yeah, well, our, yeah. and they don't. Both of them hate the Seahawks. <laughs> oh, boo! But our uh, Eric and Andrew, who are like our, they're pretty big guys. Yeah, you know? they're really into getting these costume changes happening quick, <laughs> and they're never on me. It's to yeah. one of the girls, they but they're like them. spinning them around and oh, putting yeah. the. And then once it's done, they have their silent chest bump. <laughs> yeah, stage. they're the Legion of Boom <laughs> of our costume quick changes. Oh, that's so, awesome. Like Andrew will come out and be gruff and beat someone up or kill someone and then quickly change someone daintily yeah and then chest bump so you're having a good time with this Absolutely. right they seem to really have it yeah the chaos is you either embrace it or you fall apart yeah and i think that we were embracing the chaos yeah as a sort of like as, as an outcome of being a performer um when you come to the utah shakespeare festival and you act in you know one of the season productions is what you're hoping to get out of it different than what you're about to do than going into all these schools, are you? Do you approach it uh, at all from a different way, in, in preparation or in, in maybe making things more accessible, and maybe even slowing down the language a little bit in some lines? Hmm. Is there? A, what's what's the bonus for doing this play this way, taking out in front of you know mostly school kids? That's an awesome question. I think I think for me, what I would get from it is that working on this with having my best friend be the director 
and yeah. a lot of people that I haven't really worked with but really like. Yeah. Um, there was this cool thing that happened that is incredibly rare um, where we were all shouting ideas in the rehearsal process. Yeah. And we were all fighting to have things taken in, put out, moved. Um, and this is, but, so people know, this is, I mean, you get here and you have about two and a half weeks before right. this thing has to be assembled. Yeah, right. we got it right. up even earlier than was expected. Yeah. Yeah, and it's not that the stakes are lower. No, certainly not. when they do them, the, the summer thing. Maybe they are, I don't know. But as far as what is expected of us, mm -hmm. um, and you've got, this is a really solid acting group, I feel. And, and, and there was just this cool thing where the show became ours as opposed to something we were trying to do for a director or yeah. something we were trying to do for a production, even, mm -hmm. a production conceit or idea. Yeah. It became more about those seven actors and the director finding a way to make it work together. Yeah. And that's the only time I've had that complete experience here. Yeah. And I really cherished that. That's awesome. And so the, it's sort of that we're either going to burn or rise up on our merits. Like, it, it's our show. It's it really a, it's is It's a collective vision. It's not, yeah. it's not Quinn's vision. It's not Michael Barr's vision. Right. right. Under the leadership of those two Goombas, but definitely like that <laughs> feeling. You know, but that feeling. Yeah, that feeling of like, I believe that it is the director and producer's job to somehow convince the actor that it is yeah. their show. Yeah. And they have to believe it in their heart. And then you will get a different performance than if I'm trying to perform your show. Absolutely. So that was that ownership. Was different. Yeah, ownership, yeah, ownership is everything. It is. Um, a lot of the people that are going to witness this production, most of them, I would imagine, it's probably the f their first live experience with theater and Shakespeare. Is there any added anxiety? or, or I mean, some of these kids will have maybe read Hamlet or, uh, you know, um, Macbeth or right. Tammy the Shrew, right. and, but most of them probably haven't seen it live, and reading it, we even talked about this last night, uh, it's just not the same thing as seeing it. So is there a special responsibility or a special pressure in knowing that you have the opportunity to, to introduce that, maybe that next generation of people that, that care so much about this stuff? I think the only thing we have to do is tell the story well and we already are doing that and, and everything else falls are, into place absolutely yeah. I, I don't want to we don't have to dumb down anything because yeah kids are really intelligent they That's really great are to hear. it's true it is um there are certain things that we have to learn to speed up and slow down certain phrases that will get a giggle which you know yeah not doesn't necessarily need a giggle so you learn to kind of at, you connect it to another phrase so that they don't have a, a, a moment to yeah. laugh at it. Or you slow it down so that they can really hear the words. Uh -huh. But that's not to say that they need slowing down because we're blasting through it in 77 minutes. Or yeah. yeah. Well, and there's that cool thing, too, where you think about it. This was written 400 years ago for a yep. mainly illiterate audience. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, and for an audience where the bulk of this language was being created in that moment. And it was yep. either cool things he had heard or just weird stuff he was thinking up, like yeah. salad days. and <laughs> You know. Um, Here it comes. Yeah. You know, and, and so it was – it's cool because I think – I, I think, and I'm act, I'm coining this like it's my idea, and I'm sure I've heard it from someone else. But just the, these kids don't have the chance to decide it's hard yet. Yep. They can just see it. 
Yeah. And they may have some preconceived notions, but like you said, they haven't actually seen it. They haven't learned right. the anxiety yeah. that yeah. some people have. So there's have. this yeah. cool there's this cool thing that happens where they get to experience it for the first time and maybe it's easier than they thought or maybe it's not even they don't even get to think that it's hard. Yeah. I think so many adults have already decided that it's hard. Um, and I think that we come to these plays and for the first 10 minutes, we are a little lost and we are catching up because our ear has to attune. Absolutely. But they're designed for that. Mm -hmm. He wrote knowing that. Yeah, it's I true. mean, it, it was poetry for them, right? So then, but we get about a half hour, 45 minutes into the play and all of a sudden I'm understanding things, maybe half of it, uh -huh. maybe more. Yeah. And then we get to the last quarter and I am completely with it. Yeah. You know, and I, I think that's absolutely going to happen. That's happened so far. It's been that cool. Like last night where the, those nine or 10 kids were all mm -hmm. like, none of them had seen, you know, they didn't have any experience with it. And they yep. were, they knew, they understood that when Banquo came up out of the table, that was crazy. Yeah. Like they were following the absolutely. story. Um, I think, I think it has more to do with not worrying about that part of it just because of the, I think it would be cool if the adults worried less about that, that yeah. this is hard. There was a study, it's probably been 10 or 15 years, but I believe it was children under the age of 10 or 12 have less anxiety about the works of Shakespeare, and they tend to follow along better huh. than adults over the age of, I think it was like 25. Yeah. It's almost, it's almost as if we teach ourselves this language, the language of, that we speak of journalism, right. you know, and we, we, we latch hold of that, or the, the linear way we're reading things and hearing things and we we think we're not understanding something but if we just relax like little kids are able to sit in the theater and take it in there doesn't seem to be a problem mm -hmm. right and right. the work certainly macbeth stands on itself as you said um do you think this play do you think macbeth is one of the best plays uh to show high school kids is it one of the best plays to trim down to 80 minutes do you have an opinion on that at all or are you just you're just here hey no. it's great to be here i think it is i think yeah you know, kids in middle school, high school are constantly being forced to make decisions, make choices all the yeah. time. And this and is it's a play a, about choice. And so that's exactly what it is. Yeah. yeah. So I think that this is a, a perfect show to bring out. Not necessarily the best. I wouldn't say that. Yeah. Because I like so many plays and I think they all have their own particular strengths and um, messages. But I think this one is definitely on the top. You know? Awesome. Yeah, this or Cyrano, I would do just about yes, anywhere. Yeah. Yeah, I do for $3. I do it anywhere. <laughs> it's like that. How about it's... right after the podcast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll do the whole, I, can do, I can run through the whole one man, right on. my lines. Excellent. And then that one she taught me. Yeah. I can do. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's <laughs> Kids already kind of think Macbeth is cool. Yeah. I, it was funny. I was, I was playing a video game online. And I don't know these guys. Yeah. And one of the dudes was in Los Angeles, and we were playing on the same team. And I, I told him, I was like, I just got out of the show. And, and he was like, what was it? And I was like, it was Macbeth. And one of the other guys on the team was like, oh, loser Shakespeare. The guy was like, Macbeth is cool. <laughs> he was like all about it. He was like, yeah. maybe that other stuff, but Macbeth is cool. Um, so I think there is a, it's a cool one to bring to him. It is know? a cool and, one to bring. Uh, we also talked about how it's like everyone's favorite show, yeah. but then seeing it, <clears throat> hardly ever. And I almost wonder if that's because we have such a passionate, about, passionate vision of the play from yeah. each of our own experience you know about that play and then and then when you see it you're like ah but that's not mine like that's not the vision i had so yep. it's like that really cool like we get to share our version and hopefully it hits with a couple it hits with a couple people yeah yeah a pedagogy moment real quick we're hoping we can get a lot of the teachers 
and school administrators that bring this production into their school uh, to listen to this podcast. Is there any takeaways you maybe here's your opportunity to say, hey, teacher, make sure you don't you don't forget to talk about this. Did uh, do either of you? Uh, no pressure. No, if you're no, like, yeah. but Natasha, maybe is there is there something that you want to uh, Quinn, for example, uh, Quinn pointed out that people always uh, talk about ambition in this play and it's boiled down to ambition and power. And he doesn't necessarily see it that way. And he talked about uh, decisions, how this play is really about decisions. Sure. Is there, do you have any, uh, you know, maybe, maybe this wasn't in your Norton Shakespeare anthology, quick notes, yeah. you know, in, in college. Sure. Well, most, I mean, these plays are so, they're written without the extra stuff at the bottom. Absolutely. They're written so bare. Uh-huh. Um, and so we get to put our, our own stuff on it anyway. And I agree with Quinn that it's not just about ambition. It's about a, a couple. Mm -hmm. If you hate the couple right at the very beginning, no one's going to go on this journey with us. So yeah. we, we um, as actors, need to make sure that we're just humans making choices. Not, we don't know what's going to happen, happen next. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I'm answering your question. No, no, you but, are. Um, but I believe it's, it's a, I mean, and it's also, we might have our opin opinions about each character and how, um, what is driving them, but we also don't need to tell the audience what that is. They get to also Experience decide themselves. that for themselves. Yeah. We want that to happen. We want to, we don't want to tell them what's going to happen. We want to create a conversation afterwards. Excellent. Very good. Well, I think on that note, there's just something about like Shakespeare something might be worth talking about it, teachers to their high school students is just this whole, I don't think Shakespeare was interested in telling us what to think or like what the truth was. I think he's more interested in making us look at things mm -hmm. and definitely the two sides of things, always the two sides of things. Yeah. Um, and then my obsession for like the last couple of years thing I've been working on is empathy. I think cause that'll make me a better actor, but also a better person. Mm -hmm. And I think that this is a really good, play to discuss empathy and discuss um, putting yourself in someone else's shoes. And I think we as a culture, especially in privileged cultures, you know, like ourselves, where we're able yeah. to, you know, clothe ourselves and send ourselves to high schools um, are, are, you know, is one of those things where it's like we, we separate the other and ourselves. We say like, well, those people are in jail or those people are warlords in Africa yeah. and I am... I'm a normal person who's a good person. And I think it's really interesting to look at not only how people get mm -hmm. where they, like in Macbeth's case, where he goes, mm -hmm. but to just look at that it's not simple. No. And it's never simple. And we really crave a villain. Yeah. Um, we want to have an easy answer for, for we the want problems it, in our lives. Absolutely. And that's, a, I mean, even if we could just talk about that in our high schools for a little bit so that yeah. those guys, kids growing up and as the government is going like, this part of Korea is evil. And yep. this is, you know, as opposed to going like, okay, there is this kooky idea here. Let's discuss this idea. Yeah. Let's discuss the people who feel this way. It, it's just our, the way we live our lives is so much more infinitely complex than good and bad. Uh-huh. Um, there are evil actions, absolutely. Yeah. But even just when it gets down to murder or, or mental instability, even mental instability is a huge discussion. And our prison system is a huge discussion. It is. It's not good and evil. There, it's so much more complex. And so to maybe start some kind of vague, random discussion about empathy with your high school students might be good. Yeah, no, um, that makes perfect sense. That, that matters to me. Cool. The gray area. 
the right? gray area, not yeah. removing things from their context. Yeah, the context is actually everything. Yeah, it is. And that the stories we tell even are 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 shaped by memory and not always the truth, right? Yeah, it's it's true. infinitely more complex. Um, just like what this awful couple goes through, it's in, it's and infinitely more complex than a rise to power. That's true. Thank you so much again, both of you. This has been incredible. Uh, you're you're leaving. Are you leaving tomorrow? Yes. Yes, tomorrow morning. Tomorrow, bright and early. You're gonna hit how many stops? Is there? Do you know? Do you have the numbers in your head so we can just remember how many stops we have? Eighty-nine shows. Eighty-nine shows. Yesterday was number one. Uh huh. And, and today, today was number two. Two and, and three. So and we hit five states. Five states, um, yeah. Yeah, and we'll perform from for seven children to nine hundred. Nine hundred kids and maybe more. Yeah, maybe less. But yeah, it's 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 a cool. Awesome. Yeah, it's a random experience. It'll be awesome. That's awesome. Well, I think what you're doing is amazing. Uh, everyone around this office is excited about it, and we're talking about it. Thank you. Thank, Thank you for you. giving us your time for the podcast. Thank you. And good luck on the road. Right Thank on. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Play On Podcast. You can subscribe for free on iTunes to get all the new episodes as well as listen to past episodes.